Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to Sports Roundtable. I am Bob Branco. Good to be here today for episode number 302, dated Monday, August 21st, 2023. Before we continue, let me introduce everybody, including our very special guest. We have a guest for today. I'll do that after we offer our thank yous, but for now, I'll introduce the panel members. Uh, Luther King. Good afternoon from Nashville, Tennessee, where we're in the 90s again. In the 90s. All right. Okay. Reverend Michael Garrett. Welcome to Missouri City, Texas. On a relative basis, we're having a mild 98-degree day. Wow. At least you're out of the hundreds. Full front. Right. (laughs) Peter Alchil. And we're in the upper 90s in Columbia, Missouri as well. Fabulous preseason football weather. All right. Okay, I'm not sure if Don Wardlow is here yet. I did not hear him prior to our intro, so... I didn't either, but he hopefully he'll drop in. Hopefully he will. In the meantime, before we introduce our special guests, let me offer some brief thanks to some people. Thank you to Raymond Gay, our producer, Tom and Lynn from the Rosie's Place chat line for posting our shows. Thank you so much. Our media outlets, thank you for airing us when you do. I want to also thank Brad for being our host for today's program and taking the time out to help us out. Thank you very much. And, of course, we have Bell, who streams on ACB Media 5. Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer, we must thank her, of course, for archiving Sports Roundtable episodes on my website, which is www com. All you have to do is to go there, click on Sports Roundtable, and listen to our podcasts. They are archived from latest to earliest. We have a very special guest. We're very honored to have this gentleman back with us. He was on our show nearly (laughs) two years ago. Many of you, especially those who live in the Boston area, Remember Upton Bell from his days as a sports commentator and talk show host back in the 70s, 80s, probably 90s. He's decided to come back to us. So, Upton, welcome back. We appreciate you being with us on the show today. First and foremost, every one of your hosts that I heard you announce there, I have been to every one of your towns. I've been to Texas. I've been to Columbia, Missouri. I've been to Tennessee. I've been to every one of the places that you're all coming from and know what the hell the heat is like in your different areas, (laughs) although it's twice as bad now that we have global warming. But one of the things that I always will treasure are the years that I was the personnel director of the Baltimore Colts. That was roughly from 1963 through 1971 before I came to the Patriots. I have driven and flown all 50 states. I drove all of the 48 lower states and flew and of course was involved in in Hawaii and Alaska. So I can tell you it was a fascinating 
time. It was fascinating to see the country the way it was and the way it is now. And all of those college towns and the ones surrounding it, I actually have done a thing, if, if you will tell your audience, uh, on Arlington Cable Television, the head of Arlington Table Community uh, Television has put together, which uh, you can get nationally and also on my website and also my collection at UMass Amherst, eight episodes of starting with my mother, who actually put the mo money up for my father to found the Philadelphia Eagles. And then it goes all the way through Burt Bell founding the NFL draft to sudden death to the whole history of the country. Uh, and it's in eight or nine episodes. You might find it really interesting. Each one is about 25 to 30 minutes. So we don't bore you with anything. But again, uh, it's great to be on with all of you. And, and I, again, I want you to know that I know your states and I know that I think the country as well as anybody. Right. So Upton, um, uh, who was your father? Was, 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 wasn't Burt Bell the commissioner of the NFL at one point? Do I have that right? Yes, Burt, Burt Bell founded the Philadelphia Eagles and then sold them and then was co-owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then in 1946, he became commissioner of the NFL. <clears throat> he founded the Pro Football Draft, uh, also Sudden Death, which resulted in the 1958 Sudden Death Championship game, which changed pro football forever. So <clears throat> uh, there's quite a lot of history there. And by the way, if you go on to the Upton Bell Collection, UMass Amherst, we trace the history of uh, college and pro football back a hundred years and also found letters between Abraham Lincoln and my, my great grandfather. So there's a lot out there. So if we, be, before we, before we go into more current stuff, how, how can people access this stuff? How can how, they find it? How can they find it? Just if they just go <laughs> online and type in the Upton Bell collection at UMass Amherst, they will see that. They'll also see my own website that has all sorts of interviews and, and stuff like that. But the, the history goes all the way back. My, my grandfather on my father's side actually founded the NCAA and, and dealt with Teddy Roosevelt back in the early 1900s when uh, the, he was going to close down college football because of the deaths and the violence in it. And uh, my father, my grandfather, as part of the Walter Camp Rules Committee, negotiated with President Roosevelt. And that's how he eventually, uh, John C. Bell Sr., founded the NCA. He also, at the same time, was the Attorney General of Pennsylvania. So there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of political history there, too, because outside of my father, my uncle, uh, his brother, was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania and also the Lieutenant Governor and Governor. All, all of, most of the, of the side of the Bells and, and not so much my mother's side were all in politics and had risen to the high office of Governor, Chief Justice, Supreme Court, and, and ambassadors, you name it. So you can get a lot of that 
on on that website at the University of Massachusetts. I've donated everything to them, my Super Bowl ring, my father's 19, get this 1919 drop kicking trophy. <laughs> and there, there are uh, gold footballs from George Hallis and the Chicago Bears. <clears throat> There's uh, Burt Bell's, uh, he was captain of Penn. And we're looking, by the way, for the video. He threw the first pass in Rose Bowl history in 1917. So wow. there's tremendous history there. And then on my mother's side, her, her father was chief of detectives of New York City and spoke seven languages, never finished high school, and yet was hired back in the early 1900s to go into the mafia was called the Black Hand then. And he was able to go in and disguise to the different sections uh, because he could meld in with them because he spoke their language. So anyway, what'd you say? I was going to say, I, I do want to get into some current sports. And yeah, um, no, it's a no, great no, history, no. though, Epton. I really appreciate hearing about this. Believe me. Uh, well, I do want to say hi. Go look it up. Excellent. Uh, before I forget, I have. A shout out to one of our faithful listeners. I said, said that I would mention this. Donna Halper, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Before we got on the air, Upton, you heard some of us talk about what happened Saturday night between the yep. Patriots and the Packers during their exhibition game. Right. And as most of us know, Kyle Bolton, who is trying out for the Patriots, he's a rookie. Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting Isaiah me. Isaiah Bolton. Isaiah Bolton of the Patriots had concussive symptoms after having a major uh, collision on Saturday night, resulting in the suspension of the game, which I agreed with. You know, I mean, they suspended the game with uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati back in, back in January because of DeMar Hamill's situation. Yep. So this didn't shock me. But Upton, you have opinions about the NFL based on this situation, not about the injury itself. We all know that that was a terrible tragedy and hopefully Bolton will recover very quickly. Well, the about la latest on that yes. is he was in the hospital Saturday night. He has since been released, but now we have to add that a couple of teams have canceled joint practices before their exhibition finales. The Titans and Patriots will not have exhibition practice this week here. And the Texans and Saints will not have their exhibition practice or uh, uh, so, joint team workouts in New Orleans for their game on Sunday. Let, let, let me take you back so we can look at this in, in the proper way. Number, number one, if this, if this had happened two or three years ago, they'd have continued the game. Yep. They'd have carted them off the field. And people would have said, too bad, let's move on. Uh, what, what has changed, a couple of things uh, in, in going back. First of all, starting when, when I started in the 60s and working all the way through to today, there were two-a-day uh, two workouts. Yeah. Yeah. They were in full pads. There were scrimmages. Uh, the whole idea was that the player not only played himself into shape, uh, but there were six exhibition games then, which they call preseason. Uh, the players got used to hitting. And then over a period of years and now into the 2000s, and, and especially from like 2010 on in, 
Uh, the NFL uh, was aware of their image. There was too much violence. Football's always been violent. Mm -hmm. There were too many stories about it. Uh, there was the CTE. There was all sorts of, of uh, controversy around it, that the league had hide, uh, hidden it. Uh, there were all sorts of movies and, and articles on this. And basically, uh, the NFL then began to, you've got the tent now, if the player's hurt, you know, they take him into the tent, they hold them out. I mean, and they colored they, it blue. I don't know they, why they, they have a blue tent. They, 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 they did nothing up till uh, it began again to, to see what was happening, including uh, in the state of Texas, where high school football uh, has changed as big as it is less and less parents want their kids to play. So they needed to do two things. They needed to cut down on the injuries, particularly in training camp. And they also needed to protect the image of the league. So what they've gotten out of it now is basically two things. One, what you saw Saturday night. Two, two that, that I call them exhibition preseason games. So are now uh, are now basically uh, take a back seat to these practices, these joint practices where mm -hmm. the coaches feel that they get more out of it than the game itself. That's all well and good. The problem is that the suckers, that's AKA the season ticket holders who are forced <laughs> to buy games uh, yes. that are meaningless, uh, they, they still have to foot the bill while the real action is not what you even saw Saturday night. The real action was the joint practice During between, the the, between the Packers and the Patriots where there were fist fights and everything else going on all during the week. And yet, the like, the, like, the, like, the, like the Rams and uh, who was it last week? Rams and Raiders, I think, last week. They got into a nice little whoop de doo last week. Well, and that was doing the joint practice, uh, and Upton, that didn't even all, include Aaron Donald. Right, Upton. With all that said, though, and uh, based on what you said, though, they're still <laughs> canceling practices. So, so a couple well, of teams are canceling so, so, practices. Hold on, hold on. I, th I think Rev wants to say something here. I have a, yes. I have a question based on what you said, Upton, uh, and 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 it, it's valid, it's, but you know, I hold that. The games have some meaning, of, especially for those fringe players. And I understand that they they get the repetitions in those joint practices, but but come Saturday night, Friday nights when the lights go on, uh, it's it's I'm playing against somebody else. I'm, here's my chance to shine. Here's my chance to show coaches that I'm ready. So does that does that does it have any meaning for the fringe players? To me, it has no meaning because uh, I, I could tell you going all the way back in the 60s and 70s, I could tell you by the second week who was going to make the team or not. <laughs> uh, be, because, because in the practices, which now are more uh, pronounced because you don't have as much hitting, you don't have as many two-a-days, uh, that really basically the reason the coaches want what these joint practices is that they really and remember every practice even going back to when i i was at the Colts of the patriots every practice is filmed now called taped and so 
you know what we, the Patriots won't have any problem, no matter what they say publicly, in cutting down when they have to. And this year, by the way, the rules change. All 90 are cut at the same time. Well, you got you got to get 37 after the final exhibition game, which is me on Sunday. And every team they get the bye week before the game on yeah, September 7, and are, then yeah, 37 are cut. September 10. So basically, well, well, you're going to have over 500, maybe more players out of those 32 teams cut. And then you got to decide who your 16 or so that are going to be for the practice squad. So well, no, but can, can I you trust yeah, me when I tell you, no matter what. They tell you, no matter what the press writes, they know already who their guys are. Yeah, they, they have a pretty good idea. And, I, and I'll give you an example of this Malik Cunningham, yep. uh, who looked so good last week for, for the, you know, a quarter. And then they've also played him a wide receiver. Yep. Now, they'll, they'll try to hide him if they can. Uh, and. But other teams already know about this guy. They've got the tape. They go to the games. They, sure. They, they, they got their they, scouts they, there already. They, they, they see what's happening, and they know who they hide. Now, it used to be years ago you called it a taxi squad. Then it was called a band squad. Uh, you, you know, now you have a different name for it. Practice but squad now. But it's basically the people that you want to keep on to see if anything's happening. Now, guys even jump from squad to squad, depending upon what the rule is. But again, you're not going to see that they'll play They'll play Cunningham enough, but, but not so much that they think another team will know about him, but everybody knows about him. You can see his athletic ability. The question is, he isn't very tall. Uh, you'd have to put in at least this year. Uh, a place for him, design plays. But again, pro football's really changed. The athletic quarterback is in. The pocket passer is out. He's out. And a lot, of, and a lot of coaches don't like the fact that they can't adapt. I'm like, if you can't adapt, I mean, look at look at what um, how, who was it? What, but what Belichick did and basically signed Zeke, which is nice, but he's not going to get, he's not going to carry the ball 30 times. You've got Thornton back there in the backfield. The best you're probably going to get out of Zeke is probably 10 carries, maybe his red zone guy. So why are you going to sign a red zone guy when he needs receivers? Well, n- n- number one, the running back has gone the way of the American Buffalo. See you later. Dead. Right? Uh, and, Dead. And, and, and because the way the offenses are, are designed now and because the quarterback is basically, and that's Another the question. Back. That's the, that's the question about Mac Jones. Yep. Uh, he certainly uh, operates very well from the pocket. He lost last year because of those two idiots at Belichick. <laughs> oh, don't, hired. don't get, don't remind me. Oh, that was like the worst garbage I've seen in a long time. Uh, Incredible. And, and, that was, cr- uh, that was. Okay, okay, Luther, 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 we get the idea. Go ahead, Optim. Ugh. Believe me, if Belichick didn't have a great reputation, he'd have been fired. Oh, he would have been on his butt like this next day. I mean, but, that, uh, but that's that's what happens when you're when you you build up a resume over a period of years. I've never seen anything so ridiculous in my life. I said I've been around pro football for like <laughs> seventy years, longer than that, and I'm saying to myself, "What the what the hell is going on here?" <laughs> this, <laughs> exactly is, what I was this is thinking. 
this is not the Barnum and Bailey circus with those two clowns. <laughs> as, anyway, as somebody eloquently put it, they basically called it a Frankenstein. Who's elected man called? He lost that. Uh, he lost. Mac Jones lost a year. Now, do does he have limitations? Yes, he is not the guy is going to be able to uh, be involved in design runs, uh, scrambles out of the pockets, things like that. His arm isn't tremendously strong, but what he does give you uh, with Billy O'Brien now in the, as the offensive coordinator, he does give you uh, a kind of a continuity for the type of offense they're going to run. My problem is that that offensive line, I, I, I will tell you, that is not the Maginot line, believe me. And, and that's, if anything, and I know we're jumping around, if anything is going to kill them this year, they'll have a decent defense, maybe a pretty good one, is that, that offensive line, oh my God, if I was the quarterback, I'd be having nightmares uh, <clears throat> unless they do something about it. Uh, I don't know at this time what they can basically do. So Mac Jones is not going to have very much time to throw. They don't have any deep threat as receivers. They'll have to throw a lot of short stuff, maybe even dump it to the backs, and they'll try to line up and run the ball a lot, which basically, if you had a more athletic quarterback, then it would be a completely different thing. But they don't, and they don't spend on offense. That's always been Belichick. Let Brady get by. We'll get by with Brady. And then they'd load up on the defense. So there's a lot of different problems here. And I would say that the Patriots are going to be trick or treat. Either they're going to be pretty good, good enough maybe to make the playoffs in the watered down NFL now, or they're not going to be very good at all. So Upton, help me with this because uh, I'm thinking about the Jets who have in some ways a very similar problem, which their offensive line is maybe worse than the Patriots offensive line. Um, but obviously they have a better quarterback. And how do you think the Jets are going to do this year? Pretty damn good because uh, their offensive line might not be very good, but you've got a guy that can release the ball like, a, you know, like an atom. I mean, it's, I, I don't think, and I've been watching uh, the uh, hard knocks and I've been watching particularly not, not what, Aaron Rodgers has to say, but I've been watching his release and the things that he does. And I, I don't care if he's almost 40, he can still get rid of the ball. If you've got somebody that can get really get rid of the ball, throw a lot of blind passes <clears throat> and have receivers, unlike here, that can go deep. I don't, I mean, your, your line might not be very good, but he is, I think they're going to win 10 games at least. Wasn't Malcolm, wasn't um, Kendrick Bourne supposed to be that deep threat? And he's basically been a disappointment. And then they spent on John o. Smith, who didn't do anything. Hunter Henry, I guess, is their best option at tight end. They got Kazeki, the and other Mike tight Kizeki, end. But he's, he's really a, not well, he, he's done hurt. Much. But, but, but again, Kazeki is, is not a guy that can take a hit. And, and when you're running those routes that he's running, you're going to get hit a lot. But again, not none of them. Bourne's the closest thing, maybe to what you think is a is a deep threat. But but he really isn't. Uh, I mean, you they, they have Belichick. The coach is still, I think, pretty good, at least defensively. 
Belichick, the general manager, has been a disaster the last four or five years. Especially with drafts. And 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 that's why I don't believe that the coach should be a general manager and the coach too. I think the job should be separate. Here's my question, though. Do you think they're missing maybe a Scott Pioli or whoever that could basically be just doing nothing but the football stuff and just let Belichick do the coaching and whoever that they get, just let him work with them or whoever, if McDaniels gets canned from the Raiders again, if he comes back to the Bill Belichick family tree and have Belichick and O'Brien run the offense, do you think there's a possibility that that could work? Or do you think Kraft is going to get to the point where he's like, I can't take this anymore. And he just fires Belichick and goes in a whole new direction with the coaching staff well, and all, the team. All, all the things that you said, uh, I have a better chance of being 20 again than those happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, it's number number one, Kraft's in a difficult position because if he fires, uh, if, he, if he doesn't let him finish here, I, I wouldn't, by the way, but if Kraft doesn't let him finish here, uh, people will uh, blame him if, if, if Belichick goes someplace else and gets the final 17 or so games. And Kraft probably doesn't want to be the guy that uh, uh, let Brady go and let Belichick go. I think it's a mistake if Belichick doesn't do the job. So I don't think that's going to happen. Belichick will never let anybody be in charge of his drafting or signing of players. So. Pioli and and all of them that came here and then went on to you know better jobs and then got fired in those better jobs they're not coming back uh, and the the problem is Belichick is is not going to give up the opportunity well give up his his authority which is basically and signing and drafting a player and my answer to that is Belichick pays himself $25 million a year, and yet is the Patriots are next to last as the cheapest team in football. So you tell me. I think I heard, if my math is right, that they are 29th in offensive spending. On offense alone, they are 29th. I just it's not, that way. It's, you, you don't. You don't. You've you've got to spend. Kansas City spends. Yeah. You know there there are other teams that, that the Jets that, have spent this year. Spend, and that's where I put. See, I think the owner has a responsibility <laughs> to the fans and the suckers that pay for these tickets and everything else like that. <laughs> even though even though television, you know, totally dominates things now, but if the owner. If, I remember having a conversation with former and Hall of Famer uh, Commissioner Pete Rozelle one time years ago. And he said, Upton, you got to remember as general manager, you have to protect the club and the fans. The coach will be here today, but the coach might not be here tomorrow. Uh, So, and and I understand that, by the way, the coach's viewpoint, their their thing is, I've got to get a good team, and I, I've got to get good players before I get fired. So they they don't care, and I understand that's the nature. 
they're they're only caring about surviving. Uh, whereas you running the club, you have to look at the picture 10, 15 years down the road. <clears throat> Make- so what do you think what do you think of Belichick's ability to to choose good players uh at 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 other positions other than quarterback i mean or or was or was tom brady a anomaly well first of all tom, tom brady is like jesus christ i mean you know he <laughs> solved everything and and i think belichick took it took advantage of that belichick if you look will always build his defense but what he's given to the offense even today uh is not very good yes you had gronkowski and and you you had uh, other people that were pretty good. Gronkowski will go to the Hall of Fame as Brady will go to the Hall of Fame. But Belichick didn't spend a lot of money on offense, and particularly giving Brady the receivers during Brady's greatest years, because Belichick's philosophy has been build the defense, and I have the quarterback. And so, and he did. He had a Hall of Fame quarterback, but then. I think he was willing to dump him for Jimmy G. And that's when when Kraft stepped in and Brady really got pissed off. And so, you know, the, the whole thing goes on. But if you look the way he builds his teams, he spends his money on the defense, uh, but he rarely ever spent money on the offense. Now, he had Brady, so he figured he didn't have to. In fact, one of the couple of the books written about the dynasty uh, where Belichick doesn't actually say it, but some of the coaches have kind of intimated that, well, we can coach anybody up. That's the arrogance. And maybe that's what you need to be a coach. Yeah. Supremely arrogant. So um, Upton, if you don't mind, this is, uh, I think might be a good time to see if they're, uh, yes, hands raised in the audience. I couldn't uh, agree with you more. Let's go. So let's, let's see. So what yeah. Let me Brad. turn to Brad and ask him. Brad, are there any hands raised? Right now, we have no hands. No let's hands. Well, you can up. interrupt us when that happens, Brad, because yeah. we yeah, won't yeah, know I otherwise. Will. Yeah, please. Well, please, I, please. I, I, I do have another question on the patch, though. Do you think it's truthful? How much truth to the following or merit do you give to the following? that Belichick wanted Zappi to win the job at QB? Um, I think initially when Jones started to, to, to Mac Jones started to really bitch about those two coaches and you could see it on national raised hand, Malcolm Cole raised hand, close, view, press CMD plus to open pop up, raised hand, Malcolm Cole raised hand, close, view, press CMD plus to open pop up. Belichick probably with his ego looked at and say, he's showing me up and he's showing my coaches up. And he was raised hand, Malcolm uh, Cole plus one raised hand, close, view, press CMD well, plus to open pop up, raised hand, Malcolm Cole plus Jones one raised hand, close, view, press uh, CMD Saban. plus to open pop up. And he called Nick Saban at Alabama, who was his coach, and he thought close to him and complained and asked if there's anything he could do. And what he didn't realize is Saban immediately called his buddy Belichick and told him, Holy Christ, I said, I. That, that's that's whispering to the wrong guy. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Belichick sees that whole thing and sees what happens. And I think Jones did go overboard to a degree, but then, then when, when Zappi got the opportunity in Green Bay and then what happened, Mac Jones went down with the bad ankle, of course, and then didn't come back to the Bears game. And that, that was a whole disaster. The whole season, I, I, I've been around a lot of crazy things happening in pro football and pro sports, but that that was the craziest because I think it turned Belichick against him. And uh, Belichick, somebody you don't want to cross. And, and I think even now, I, I wouldn't say that he'd want to see Zappi do the job, but Zappi did exactly what they wanted him to do. Uh, and, and at least... The, the the two coaches that that look so bad look decent with Zappy in there because they ran such basic stuff. I mean, it was like high school, but they ran and Zappy executed perfectly. He didn't have to throw the ball long. He could dump the ball off to the backs. He got rid of it quickly, and all the things. I I don't think he's a starting NFL quarterback. I don't either. Probably. Uh, but on the other hand, it's Shakespearean, this whole drama, because then what happens, whether you believe it or not, all the criticism, Belichick, you know, sends one guy off to Philadelphia. Uh, and it was very, very hard for him to get a job. And then, then he keeps the other guy who was a disaster as the uh, Giants Joe Judge ain't no judge. Oh, he was and awful. They, he was awful. It was about it was about as worse as what you and, would and, see. And, and a huge ego. Huge oh. ego. You you should hear what some of the Giants players had, had to say about him. How he ever got that job, I don't know. But Matt Patricia went to Philadelphia. And Matt Patricia is a very gifted defensive coach. You know, that's 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 great, but not everybody can be Einstein. So that's that's what happens. So there's still that. Listen, you all of you know in your own lives, if somebody crosses you, you don't forget that. Nope, true. And, you and, don't. And, and and particularly if somebody screws you on national TV, <laughs> you know. So the, the 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 Patriots weren't very good, but it made things even worse. And with Belichick, you, you, you don't want to cross him. And so I still think there's resentment today. And, and we don't know. Was Kraft the one that, that insisted that they bring Bill O'Brien back? No, we don't know any of that. We can surmise it. It looks like it, but we don't know that. So bottom line, Zappi's going to be here. I also don't think Either one of them talk to each other. So who knows? It's 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 a mystery, but it's not. It's right out there. How much so more comfortable can he get with O'Brien at the offensive coordinator slot? How much easier could it be for Mac this year? A lot easier. A lot easier. The other thing is, if that offensive line is the sieve that I think it is, they're going to have to simplify everything. Mm-hmm. Upton, I want to I want to take this in a different direction, if you don't mind. Uh, I, Whatever I, way you want to take it, take it. Uh, that's great. So um, I, I mentioned to you off the air that between 1980 and 1982, I 
was a huge fan of your calling or sports show, whatever it was called back then, on WEEI from six to eight every most every night while I was doing my New England Conservatory homework uh, or <laughs> pretending to do my New England Conservatory homework. <laughs> and and um, back then, you know, the Patriots were worse than they are now. They were terrible. Uh, the threat sucks were mediocre. The uh, Celtics were terrific and the Bruins were pretty good. What I'm curious about, that seems such an innocent time. Of course, the way of looking at it was a lot of things were hidden uh, as they are now. What do you? What are the biggest changes you've seen over the past 40 years when it comes to sort of the way sports are now compared to then and the way it's being covered? Well, first of all, the, the, the way it's being, being covered is completely different. I mean, all of the sports, the technology is incredible. I mean, you might as well... You, you can sit home. Now, I have three TV sets. I watch everything. And, <laughs> and, and I, you know, I have one that's a 70-inch set that I, I can essentially, people always want me to go to the games. I said, what the hell am I going to go to games for? I see more than these <laughs> poor bastards that go down there and pay $200 a ticket or whatever it is. I can see now, and particularly in the NFL, it's incredible. I can see from behind the line of scrimmage. I can see the linebackers move. I can see uh, the, the different shifts on the defensive line. I can see the safeties, which you could never see before. So I get that whole picture. I think the day will come, by the way, where basically you can sit at home and call your own plays and, and see if you can match it against what the coach calls. So the technology in all of the sports have completely changed and particularly in football. And that's why I believe that, that the NFL and football in particular, uh, years ago, my father said uh, the television, the reason he sold so much of the NFL to television was he said it's the most televisable of all games, and it is. There's, there's 30 seconds between plays. You can see the instant replay. You can see the whole field. You have everybody on there that now is really understands the game all of them except tony romo yes never, <laughs> never who never shuts up but so <laughs> that that's all changed and every sport has changed to a degree too as far as the technology now as far as the sport itself let me give you how great it is for the players in the nba but how ridiculous it is <clears throat> that Jalen Brown is going to make $35 million a year for not being able to dribble to his left and giving the ball up in the playoffs. 60. My, 60. my God, I want to come back as Jalen Brown or anybody in the NBA. I just want to come back and get paid like that. Baseball has now finally awakened, and I've got the pitch clock and everything else like that, but you could see it was headed towards four-hour games uh, with the way it was being played, you know, wait the other team out, you know, wait the pitch count out, all all the other things, the play, the pitchers do anything but pick their nose, big big poppy, you know, admiring his home run shot or or adjusting his gloves, and I'd say, for Christ's sake, please put the gloves on and just hit the baseball. Uh, so that has changed. Hockey has changed a lot. The players are bigger, they're faster, they're quicker. There's less fighting in hockey. Than there was then. Every everybody had a henchman then that mm -hmm. beat the crap out of somebody else. So all of it. A basketball to me. What has happened to basketball? 
uh, and I played it in college and played in, in the big time in Philadelphia and the big five. Basketball was a game that, and, and really I thought it was the greatest when Bird, McHale, Parrish, DJ, Danny Ainge, they were all here because it was truly a team game. For all of the scoring that Bird and McHale pl played, they made the pass first and made the break uh, between them and the Lakers. And you see what's going on on HBO now on the Laker story, which is pretty funny, Laker Celtics. Uh, that, that was the epitome of it. What we have now, the players are better. They're better in every sport. But you know what? I can predict two dribbles across half court and up goes the three-pointer. And I'm saying... There's no center play at all anymore. There's no real passing, as you would see it. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown never saw a three-pointer that they didn't love. And so the game, the athletes are great. I mean, they're incredible. Maybe basketball players are the greatest athletes of them all. But God, you sit there and you watch three quarters of people throwing up three-pointers and then the last two minutes takes 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, if I didn't have any interest in the Celtics, I wouldn't want it. I, I wouldn't watch it. I'd turn it off. So, um, up so to, how, how does analytics fit into all this? Because because that, I think the arguments that, that the managers say is it, it we're more likely to win if we hoist up so many three-point shots. Exactly. What was your take on the analytics piece of all of this? Uh, the best thing that could happen is that they'd have an execution squad available <laughs> and, and line them all up. Uh, I, I, to a degree, I think analytics is good, but what has happened now is baseball, of course, they've completely taken over. You, you, you know, you've got this nerd here that, my God, oh, please spare me on him. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. That, 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 but, but, but all the baseball is go has gone that way now it's seeping in like cancer into football yeah i mean football is yes you go on statistics and everything else like that but on third and one or fourth and one when i hear a coach are they saying well the analytics says he makes it i said maybe in any other sport not in football third and one you could have 90% the analytics say go for it and he doesn't make it. And that's that's just I, I don't like it. I know the Colts had done it for a while and 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 Dallas with that overrated head coach I'm saying please don't don't let this illness seep into every sport. But it is. I mean most of the most of the people Young people are studying today in college. Uh, first of all, you need a law degree to run most franchises now. And the second thing is you need to be a master of analytics. Yeah. Look at the Red Sox. For Christ's sake, they got like 100 guys in the analytics department. And there's still three games out of, out of the last out of the one playoff spot. 100 guys. Are you kidding me? Toronto's, Why a, don't half, they need Toronto's so a half game out. Seattle's got the last wild card in the American League. My Cardinals and the team that I follow is nine and a half out. 
I mean, it's like whatever happened to the Tony of the Russes and the guys that just played punches and just felt in their gut that we need something to happen, so I'm going to make a move here instead of just waiting on an analytics nerd in the pipeline to say, well, oh, what, you don't need to make this move. What, what's his name? Uh, Billy uh, at, at uh, Oakland. Billy, uh, Bean. Uh, Billy, Billy Bean. Bean. Billy Bean, Billy Ball that they almost hired here. With all of the the movie and all the publicity and the great book around it, tell me the last championship Billy Bean ever won. Uh, Zero. None. none. Zero. Yo, and, and I'm a great believer. Cut out all the crap. What's the bottom line? In win anything. the game. Well, what's the bottom line? You want to win the championship. Exactly. Billy Bean has never Billy Bean has never won a championship. But how much of that has to do with uh, you know the Oakland team at the time were like the Patriots now they, they didn't want to spend money on good players. So how much of that is because of you know uh, the unwillingness of general managers not to spend money? You know, Billy Bean did an amazing job with the, with the talent he had. He let a lot of it walk. Yeah, he did. Well, but, but that's not his. Well, it's hubris, and as somebody eloquently put it, hubris and arrogance. Well. Where I beg to differ with you is yes, uh, you know Oakland had no money and nobody were going, nobody was going to the games, and he did a wonderful job with it. But that's like saying I'm in, I've got pre-cancer, but somewhere along the line I'm going to catch the full thing. Mm-hmm. I mean that he he encouraged other people who didn't need to do what Billy Bean did, <laughs> and and I will tell you this: you're seeing a transformation right here. With Heim Bloom and John Henry, who has decided after three world championships, he's on to other things like soccer teams, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and, and anything else. Henry is Henry is like Caesar growing bored with his legions. <laughs> the same thing, I'm talking to people in New York, because John Sterling, who does the Yankees broadcast for like 30 years, uh, was telling me, uh, and that that he was worried about it, but the consensus is that Hal Steinbrenner is looking at all the money that the you know they're making and saying, why do I want to give it up? You're going to see the Yankees and the Red Sox at the same time deciding they want to be a mid-market team instead of these two great franchises with all of the uh, the great rivalry. That could be gone, and that's not good for baseball. Nope. So I, I, I'm just sorry that I wish there was an inoculation for that disease. Speaking of so, baseball. So, so, go ahead, Luther. Um, did you guys see the story from one of the newspapers? I was reading in industry news on why the Angels and Blue Jays are not sending their team, their uh, broadcast teams on the Raised road. hand, Pierre, plus two raised hand. And Close. View. Press CMD I'm plus like, to open pop up. Raised hand, Pierre plus two raised hand. Close. View. Press CMD plus to open pop up. From Susan Walman to the Yankees, Corey Provis, yep. the Twins, and <clears throat> and I sent it. To, I think I sent it to you and Don Bob. I think I don't think I sent it to you, uh, Rev or um, Pete. But basically, it was like if you don't send your broadcast team to the away games. And because of cost and finance, 
then you're in the wrong line of you're in the wrong line of work. Like the like the Rogers Group that owns Sportsnet 590 and the Angels and Artie Marino are basically becoming the laughing stocks of the of MLB for not traveling their teams. Twenty eight well, of thirty that, teams, broadcast teams are traveling home and away. Well, look 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 at it this even locally with the Red Sox, uh, or uh, you know they had a triple play a couple of weeks ago. And instead of, you know, staying with it and saying, well, this is really whatever it is and come up with a statistic, they yeah. went directly and now they do it all the time. The minute that, that the ball hits the glove and the inning is over, they go immediately to the commercial. Mm. The other thing is when, when, the, uh, when the Red Sox are on the road, let's say on a weekend, yeah. and, and they're, they're playing on the road, there, there is no... There is no coverage on the game by the, the normal, you know, wrap up of, of what's going on. And that's true with other teams. Are you, are you, talking, about, are you, talking, are you, you talking about the studio? Or are you talking about the actual broadcasters on site? The, the studio. I mean, they're, oh. if, if, they're, if they're somewhere else on, on a weekend or something like that, they, they don't do it. They, they don't cover it. But what is the other thing that's happening? And I know we're coming to the end of this show, but I can tell you this. The worst thing that has happened to all of sports is now getting in bed with gambling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and pushing the gambling. And all I can tell people is in 1946, whether they give a damn about it or not, <laughs> on the night before the championship game, my father and his first year's commissioner got a call from the district attorney in New York and said, Mr. Bell, you've got a problem. Uh, players were offered uh, uh, by gamblers to throw the game uh, for the Giants. And uh, you better come in here because we've got a problem. So uh, overnight, they called the players in. And Burt Bell actually saved the NFL because he suspended one. And, and the other one, he ruled after the game was out for life. He then hired ex-FBI agents in each city to then follow everything and report anything of players getting bribes or whatever it is. And basically always warned against gambling, which the NFL did. They didn't go to Vegas. They didn't do anything. Now for a money grab, particularly the NFL, they're in bed with every gambling thing. And now what, what has happened as a result, as predicted, that the players are being, uh, you know, essentially either fine or suspended for the year because they bet, and and yet the owners have cl you know clean hands, but they're they're collecting millions of dollars, and yet I think putting the game in, in all of them they're 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 all basketball baseball, I mean sickening even the talk shows here, brought to you by MGM Bet I'm saying, and then they put a slow crawl underneath. If you have a gambling problem, please call this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a guy robbing well, a bank and saying, "Listen, if you get caught, if you get caught, call this number." Well, <laughs> even on the pregame shows up, then you've heard the bet du jour. Yes. Oh, you know, yes. really? Every night. I have. I know. The Red Sox. The Red Sox have a gamble. Not the Red Sox. Nesson has raised a hand. Pierre plus night. two raised hand. Close. View. Press like CMD plus inning. to open pop up. Raised hand Some, Pierre plus to raised hand. Close. View. Hollywood Press CMD plus to open pop says, up. 
well, tune in between the innings, deep breath, because we will give you the odds of what the Red Sox might score this inning. I'm laughing. I'm saying vaudeville has come back. Before we close, I wanted to get your opinion. We have about four minutes left, oh, and man. I want to get your thoughts on why there are so many more injuries in sports today. Well, first of all, all the athletes in all the sports are too finely tuned. They work out year-round. You know, you used to be in every one of the sports, particularly now in football, that you would come into training camp and you 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 work out some in the preseason and then you play yourself in the shape. That's one. Two in the thing of football, they don't hit anymore. You don't hit in training camp. Football, unfortunately, uh, in the same way in hockey, but particularly in football, it's a game of collisions. It's a collision game. And and if you are, your body is not prepared to take that collision, you're going to get many more injuries. I predicted this years ago that because of the lessening at training camp and and the hitting, your not till about the fourth game that I really say do you really know completely about a team because they haven't hit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you like it or not. Football is a game of collisions. Yes, what about baseball? In, in baseball? Every time well, I turn around, a pitcher gets hurt. Tommy John here, Tommy John there, this problem here, that been, problem there. What's going on? Because they've been throwing since they're 12 years old. You, you know, kids used to you know, not start throwing hard, the curveball or any of the breaking balls, until they were 16 or 17. Now these kids the same same way in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody. That's another thing. Every kid that can breathe has a website. Oh my God! You should have seen my kindergarten game. Let me put it on video so you can see me playing dunking over kindergarten kids. I'm laughing. LeBron James kid who's 15 or 16 years old has got a big website. Yeah. Um, you, know, you have to think for lessening practice. The NFLPA. Upton, a, 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 a crazy question. What, what do you think the possibility of, say, the next twenty years, the NFL goes to flag football rules or some variant <laughs> where there's no tackle involved? They are playing flag flag football right now. Basically, I mean, where's the game now? It's not really inside. It's all outside. You know that you have the quarterbacks that can run and throw on the run. You've got the receivers, except for at the Patriots, that all can go deep. You know, that's, that's what you're really watching now. You know, and, and, and someday, well, the injuries continue. You know, there's a study that just came out that, that uh, concussions, even in high school, can lead to all sorts of things, not just CTE. But other other type of diseases that start when you're you're in high school, so that might have to happen. Some form of it might be. We'll see how long it's popular. Right now, it's popular and probably will be for the next ten or fifteen years. But what you have to be prepared for is more and more mothers and fathers are not going to want their kids playing football. I was that's, one of them. Huh? Well, that's, you saw that. Yeah. That, yep. that's that's what's happening yeah i saw the same thing i remember when pete sent the email about it 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to go into great detail, but my stepson uh, uh, wanted to play football and we ultimately allowed him to, but it took some doing to sort of work through the process because you really wanted to play. And I was like, I don't want you to get concussions, dude. He said, well, I really want to do this. And so we, 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 we allowed him to do it. And uh, he, he was paired with a really good coach that was aware of this concussion stuff and was, was careful. And, and he ended up being a division three, a standout, you know, so it worked out really well, but you know, I, it, it's not an easy decision to make. I'm afraid our well, time is so- up, but our time is just about up, up. Then you got about 20 seconds with final thoughts. Go right ahead. Well, my final thoughts, first of all, it was great doing it with all of you today. What let's, let's do it again sometime. And, all, all of sports right now is really a ma- media production. And it will be interesting to see what happens. I predict one day that robots will be playing games and AI will be in. So it'll be first and 10 on the Chadbot's two-yard line. There you go. <laughs> a, uh, update. It's already happening at the minor league level with the uh, ABI and the um... – in the and the uh, artificial and in, artificial uh, intelligence yeah. uh, strike zone already. Exactly, Upton. We will have you back at some point. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. It was a lot of fun. We enjoy listening to you and your thoughts on the world of sports. I I agreed with quite a lot of what you said, and I'm sure the other gentlemen. Thank uh, you. Uh, raised hand well, one thousand six hundred twenty six three hundred eighty eight. Raised hand. Close. Press the MD plus to open pop Raised hand one thousand six hundred twenty six three hundred eighty eight. Raised hand. Close. Press the MD plus to open pop I'm Bob Branco. Go safe with God's abundant blessings. Have a great week, everybody.